You're listening to The Secret Sauce Podcast, unveiling life's hidden recipes for success, happiness, and fulfillment by finding the unique ingredients that shape individuals' extraordinary journeys. Well, hello. Good morning. I'm Jeffrey Davis. And I'm Len Bush. Good morning. And we're here with The Secret Sauce Podcast, giving you a little insight into everyday Americans' lives and and finding out what makes them what makes them be so great. Um, yeah, we like to learn about people and what makes them happy and what makes them successful and what their secret sauce is. Yes, you know, even, you know, you just said happy, you know, that's uh, I, I, uh, we have a school app for my kids' school and it's called Class Dojo. Uh, and it allows us to communicate with the teachers. And that's exactly what I, I sent a message to his teacher yesterday. It was kind of moved. My wife sent me a picture of my kid. And he was so happy. Mm-hmm. Like you could see him smiling right. from ear to ear. And right. so I sent her a message and I told her, you know, I don't know what secret sauce you're doing in that classroom. Um, but between talking about God and Spanish and 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 school stuff, my, my son is extremely happy and and. And we can tell, and I, I told her, thank you for it. Yeah. I'll bet your son is happy and enjoying himself because he's learning things. And there are new things that he's learning every day, and, and his teacher is making it exciting. And learning is one of the best things that can happen in life. Yes. I, I, you know, I, as, 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 as a parent, it's hard to learn that. I know that mm-hmm. sounds... But but our kids just soak it up. I mean, we have we have memberships to the zoo and the museum and to the fishy place, uh, and we have all the bouncy place. And and it's not like you know, people probably think we're repetitive, but it's not repetitive to my four year old kid. Uh, I mean, he's new, doing new stuff every time. He's learning new stuff. He's his abilities grow every week, and so his ability to do things that he couldn't do the week before change, and so. Uh, yeah, they do. They 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 love learning, and I think people love learning even as adults. Do you read a lot? I, I read all the time. Uh-huh. I, books or I read articles. Books. I read or... articles. I read all kinds of books. I I don't read many novels because when I start a novel, I can't put it down, and so I don't have a lot of time for that. But uh-huh. I read lots of nonfiction. Yeah, that was me reading yeah. books. If yeah. I, I think I read, yeah, the the. Red Storm Rising by Tom Clancy. That was like right. nine hundred and something pages, right. and I think I read it right. in like two days. But I think I stayed up the whole right. second day reading the, yep. the book. When I read The Godfather, I couldn't put it down. I, I I couldn't sleep. I just read read it straight through. The Godfather was a book. Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. Wow. So. Yeah, before it was a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I learned to read by reading comic books when I was three years old. Because my mother didn't want me to have comic books, and so my neighbor would bring her comic books over, and we would hide behind mother's bed, and she she taught me to read. Uh-huh. I, I read the newspaper. Yeah, that's yeah, what. Yeah, my my dad was a big newspaper reader, and so I would grab the newspaper, and I was always fascinated and never understood why. Well, there was really nothing else in the newspaper to read other than the business section, uh-huh. and I realized that as a, as uh-huh. a, early on in my 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 newspaper reading career, um, it was the business page I wanted to read. One, it had the, all the all the winning stuff and the racetracks, and I could look at numbers. And right. if I could look at numbers, I could find a pattern. And I, I swear, if you'll take me to 
a horse race track that's got dog tracks running. Uh-huh. I think I figured out a pattern on who uh-huh. wins dog race tracks. But anyways, but right. I read the the business page because it predicted the future. It told you what was mm-hmm. coming in the future. So many of the other articles in the newspaper was telling you the past or what uh-huh. happened. And uh-huh. I wanted to know what was coming uh-huh. so I could be prepared for it, so I could be greater at what I was than where I was by by knowing what was coming. And and I read a lot of articles today. I don't uh-huh. read a lot of novels. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't read a ton of books. Um, not that I don't want to, but we've we've talked about it. I wanted I wanted my secret sauce that I could share with someone someday to be my secret sauce. Uh-huh. And if I was to uh-huh. read books today, it would definitely be motivational, driven, other uh-huh. people's idea books. But I've always been afraid of of taking too many other people's ideas to to shy away from from mine because I think I've always had a passion for mm-hmm. wanting to to tell other people they could be great right. also right right because I knew how hard it was for me to get to where I felt like I was great mm-hmm. and I knew if I could anybody could if you could anybody could. anybody mm-hmm. could. You know. And it's and it's very important to give people that hope, to give people that idea that they can be great, because sometimes people have never heard it. No, well, there's lots of families in childhoods that, uh-huh. that don't hear it. I mean, uh-huh. I'm, uh-huh. you know, I, we, my wife and I have a very small family, but even in our very small family, we see right. lots of no hope right. and lots of people that right. don't share hope with each other. Um, you know, it's interesting. I see a lot of... Twenty somethings. I don't. I don't work with, with under twenty very often. Once in a while, I have someone under twenty, but that generation has a really hard time seeing possibilities and seeing hope. They feel very, very uh, uh, frightened of the future. They don't seem to know that they're going to be able to get through it and get to the other side and become successful. So a lot of what I'm doing, even with that age group, is helping them see the possibility of success. Well, I don't know if I know that age demographic correctly, but I definitely read an article that talked about the the 20-somethings are the only generation ever in America not to, not that their, that generation that they grew up did not climb Mm -hmm. the ladder. Right. A lot of those moms and dads went down from where their mom and dads were instead of right. you always being one little bit greater than your mom and dad and a little bit greater uh-huh. than your mom and dad. That was the first generation in America that was not mm-hmm. achieving more than their moms and dads did. Because that generation was coming of age during the Great Recession. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so they just didn't want it as bad. Well, they went through some really... Crazy economics. I mean, we mm-hmm. we started talking about it before we got on air today about the the mortgage crisis. Mm-hmm. I mean, they went through the mortgage crisis. Right. They went through the oil debacle. They went through, you know, a couple of crazy wars for a while. We've mm-hmm. been they've been through COVID now. Right. I think they've seen a lot of success taken from a lot of people. Right. I mean, I, that I can only imagine. You know, my my I lost a house during. The mortgage crisis, and um, I think my kid, my son, was too young to know what was happening. But if he was, you know, 
10, 11, 12, 15, 18 years old and you're watching mom and dad lose their house. I don't, maybe that's why none of the millennials in that age group want to buy homes today is because mm-hmm. they know what the feeling of not being able to keep it feels mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would probably use that as a, a driving force to, to buy a house that I could afford and, and right. or one that I could pay off. Right. Um, but I was told by a wise man a long time ago, maybe it was secret sauces. He said, you just got to do it. You don't, you don't wait for everything to be perfect in your life until you do it. I think we were talking about kids. Right. And I was trying to explain to him I wanted more money, more time, more house, more car, more, you know, whatever. Um, and he told me, no, sir. Now's the time. There's never a good time. Yeah. Do you tell people that about having kids? There's never a good time to There's have never kids? a good time. There's never a perfect time. Mm. Never. Just do what you want to do. There's never going to be a perfect time. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've, I've, we've ran into some people recently with our kids' private school that certainly have the appearance of they've done everything just right on time perfectly. Right. Their entire life. <laughs> and then there's Jenna and I. They're oh, we're not quite like that. <laughs> but even if you haven't done it on time, you can but still do it. You don't know people's stories. You know, yeah. everybody has a parents. They probably think we're a bunch of rich kids, family, you know, who knows right. what they think. Right. You know, we got to go last night. Um, you know, you, you tell me whether you were my counselor or my friend or my co-host with me, you've always told me to make sure my kids had the greatest education, but watch, know what's educating them mm-hmm. and what they're learning. And right. so um, Jen and I have been trying to follow and listen to that and be very involved where mm-hmm. Jen and I are kind of shy. You know, we don't mm-hmm. need to go to the parties and talk to everybody. And we probably leave early most times because we don't drink, but, but, you know, We've been trying to stay involved in things that make us uncomfortable. And even if it was, so yeah. last night we got to go to my son's um, curriculum. The, the, the teachers, we went to his classroom uh-huh. and his two teachers talked about what the planned curriculum for it was for the year uh-huh. and then what they were planning on doing for the next couple of months um, from, from how they're disciplining to how they're coaching, how they're, Teaching God, the verses, the the inspirational thoughts every mm-hmm. day, the picking things up, the point system, the being good. You know, it's just great to see, see, you know, you hear so much on TV about all the things that the schools can't do, don't do, don't want to do, aren't involved. And we got to hear how involved in every aspect of that kid's, my son's mm-hmm. day was. Uh-huh. And she said, make sure they're here on time because we have a packed day uh-huh. of eight hours, however many hours they're, they're there. Um, but they, they want to spend all the time with them. And, you know, it wasn't just pacifying. You know, we, we you know, my, I think lots of daycares and maybe even where my son came from at another school that we thought was great, they were just there to manage the kids. Mm-hmm. Which is so different. And they they were teaching so my son brains, all day long. Their brains are such sponges; uh-huh. they just can take everything that you hand them. Yes, and 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 I think a lot of schools take that away. But why? I mean, you should be more involved. Absolutely. You know, these school districts saying, 
Well, wait, my wife and I talked about it last night, which, you know, secret sauce to parenting is being involved. It's got to be, mm-hmm. you know, it's got to be one of the greatest parts. If you're just involved in your kids' lives, mm-hmm. you can be a part of your kids' lives. But how do these kids have life-changing surgeries without their parents knowing? Mm-hmm. How is your child becoming someone other than what they were born being? And how do you... Not know. How do you, how, not, how do you know? not know? I mean, I, I'm, I talk to my son right, right. 200 times a day. Right. I don't know if, if, he, if he has a booger in his nose, I know it. So how yeah. do you not know what they're doing? Well, you're just not paying attention. You're just not, not aware of what's going on. First of all, well, you see people a lot are of not aware of what's going on at the school. But that it can't just be at school. That's got to be traits and habits and things at home. It's, it's and so everywhere. It's what they're do watching. Parents not pay attention to their kids anymore. Well, how do you miss that much? So if the kids are in their room playing video games and you're not there, or they're in their room on their iPad, you don't know what's going on. But that's your fault as a parent. Absolutely, it's your fault as a parent. It's not that kid's fault that it's playing your, eight hours of video games. Your job is You're, to know what's going on. And know that no. eight hours of video games is not healthy for you, so put the remote down and stop playing the video games. Right. And yeah. you don't like it? Okay, well, I'm going to go put it in my trunk of my car, and you can't have it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I didn't grow up with video games, and my kids still don't have. Mm-hmm. Not that they, I mean, if they asked, we'd probably talk about it. We just, we have swing set in our backyard. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. bikes. Uh-huh. We have baseballs. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We have uh-huh. cards that they can destroy. Uh-huh. We have way more tool, my personal tools in my backyard than right. I would like. <laughs> I've got two boys. They want to play with tools, and I want them to be manly, and I want them to be strong, and I want them to know how to fix things. And so we take apart the tire on the plastic right. Right. car so that they know how to put right. a nut back on and how to put the tire back on, you know. I learned how to change a tire on my mom and dad's car when I was six, seven, eight years old. Because he was either going to teach me or he was going to come out and find all four tires off my mom's car one day. (laughs) Uh Uh But but I mean, I know lots of teenagers and kids that can't do real, real simple tasks. But um, it's important to me that, that, that... that my wife and I teach and right. we talked about it before the kids were here. You know, we were, we were bound and determined our secret sauce with our, our kids. We're never going to give them a BS answer. Right. You know, if he asked me right. about something, we were going to give them the time uh-huh. to give them the answer. Uh-huh. We weren't just going to blow it off or make up a lie or give them a story. Uh, and when I'm around other parents and I hear them, blow off their kids it just right and it, it, I, I don't get it because they it's part of learning you know it is and giving them those answers and talking to them is different than just going with them to something and being passive yes you know, just being, not sitting there on your phone being involved with what's going on with your children is what helps them grow yeah we go to the bouncy place. We bounce with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We put our stuff up. We put them in the back pockets. And right. We chase them around the bouncy place. Right. Um, right. Sometimes not to the benefit of our health, but you know, <laughs> but we do it. So I, I, you know, I was thinking about this, not change the subject completely, but I wanted to. So I had a lot of athletic talent growing up. And you probably have 
met lots of ex-athletes over your mm-hmm. years. Um, and it's football season. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody but maybe you is probably excited about football mm-hmm. season. Are you a football season fan? Sometimes. 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 Cowboys? I love the Cowboys. Oh, you like the Cowboys. Oh, good. Um, I wanted to know if you knew, because I wasn't it. I didn't have the the secret sauce to be a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't going to put in the dedication. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that same drive. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't remember 16 different outs that I'd made or 16 different great swings or right. the 16 longest drives I had. I knew right. I shot well. I played well. I scored under par at a very young age. Uh, it just wasn't. I couldn't do it for 12 hours a day. So... So you've met some athletes, I'm sure. So what is there? A, is there a something special about them that that makes that? Is it the same thing in every professional athlete? I think there has to be an intense drive to win. I think there has to be the the need to be challenged and to face a challenge. Mm-hmm. Well, that's business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, it's business. Uh huh. I realized I wasn't going to be that person as an athlete, but I could kick your ass in business. Yeah, I don't know that it's any different than success in business. Oh, really? Yeah. It's wanting wanting to to be challenged and to accept the challenge. And and I think the ability to endure pain. Hmm. I think that's an important part of being successful in sports. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not easy, mm-hmm. and you are going to hurt, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. kind of same way in, in business or in sales, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, and I guess being told no a thousand times is your pain, right? Right, and I also think the ability to see the win. Mm. If you can't see the win, you're not going to get there. Yeah, most most great athletes mm-hmm. can see themselves winning the Super right. Bowl, catching right. the last Right. Catch at the end of the yeah. baseball game or sinking that putt or hitting mm-hmm. that home run. They can see it. You know, I, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I could see me on top of that hill shaking that hand on uh-huh. my biggest deal yet. I, I could uh-huh. see it coming. I, I knew I was going to be there, just didn't know which hill it was. Right. But I've been looking right. for the hill for a long time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Our, our very driven athletes and businessmen hard are they are they hard with relationships or are they better relationships because they want to win and they like the success and they like the challenge are they are they the better parents and fathers or are they the harder parents and fathers not necessarily i, I don't I mean think is there a, a demographic of people that tend to be better parents and fathers there doesn't seem to be a correlation no no there's great some, businessman doesn't always mean great right, parent. Right, right, right. Yeah. Do you see both a lot? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it more common to see both? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think being a good parent and being successful in life is not necessarily, doesn't necessarily have a positive correlation. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, Which is interesting to think about. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. Probably spectrum of both. I mean, uh-huh. I, I think uh-huh. being successful takes a lot of personal time, and uh-huh. personal time takes away from family time. 
Um, and so I could see some correlations. I mean, doctors don't always get to pick their schedules, right. even though they're right. usually successful. But I know lots of doctors that are great parents. Right. You know, right? Um, they 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 those three hours that they do have, they spend those three hours with their kiddos, uh -huh. Uh, uh -huh. and not just in the same room. I'm talking about spending. Right. Time with Be, your kids. Really inter interacting with yes. your kids. Touching. Yeah. You know, talking, teaching. You know, it's interesting. I think good parenting involves talking with the children, doing things with the children, not just being present, but yeah. really being present with the children. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. you can get that yeah. with my little boys falling asleep. Mm -hmm. They, they won. Mom and dad just to sit on the couch with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, our couch is 16 feet long or so. And mm -hmm. so it's not like we're sitting next to each other. And right. really, he doesn't want you next to him because he wants to be able to kick his feet and not kick uh -huh. you and touch you. Uh -huh. He just wants to know that you're there, uh -huh. you know, and maybe you can put your hand on his toes or, uh -huh. um, you know, they're cute, um, especially at this age. They still want you to touch them and they are snuggle so with you. And right. uh, they'll do all those things freely. Yeah. Right. It's going to be a sad day when I can't do all those things with my little boys. Right. <laughs> Is there a time where that changes? Yeah, when they're teenagers, that changes. Yeah. Like, like by the time it's time for them to leave, you're like, yes. <laughs> How fast can we do this? <laughs> <laughs> he asked us if he was going to go to college. He asked Mommy on the way home uh, from school the other day if he was going to go to college. And she was like, well, you know. If you want to, yeah, that's where he wants you to go. And then she was telling me the story. I was like, want to? What do you mean? No, he's going to college. He doesn't have a choice for you. <laughs> right. I didn't get that opportunity. So we're, we're going to try all the things I didn't get to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't like them, that's fine. But you're going to try them. <laughs> you just want, you know, you want the best for them. And your idea of the best is, and I know today it can, it's easy to tell our four- and two-year-old what the best is going to be for them, and they just listen in mind. But right. I know those days are, are numbered where they're going to have their own ideas of what's right and best for themselves. When they're 14, they may not feel that way. Because <laughs> you don't know what, this, what the colleges are going to look like when they're 14. Yeah, will people even be attending mm -hmm. classes anymore? Right. I mean, it may be just what's happened with COVID has changed the way we even do classes. Well, COVID, I'm... Yeah. I was hoping you didn't talk about that the whole show. I, I've signed up for an all-day workshop that I thought was going to be in person, and it turns out it's going to be online, which is fine. But three years ago, it would have been in person. Yeah, they said COVID's coming back. They're starting to shut down uh -huh. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard someone talking the other day about what to do if you thought you were going to get it. And apparently this time it's affecting the nasal passages. And uh, he said to... You know, spray with nose spray and gargle with with mouthwash, and to take vitamin D, C, and zinc. And so I told my friend about it about a week ago, and I talked to her this morning, and she said, "I think I had COVID because what you described happened, and I I did the what you said, and it went away." So, yeah, but that doesn't mean you need to lock us down and put us in well, masks and tell think, us to stop going to school. Like, I don't think schools, we're going to be locked down. And there's I don't some think, schools in America already Well, I'm closing. sure there are, but that doesn't mean we have to do that. 
I certainly you, hope it's not I something think, that they try to do here in Texas this time. Well, I think we have enough, enough individuality to we've say. We've had enough or we I have enough? We have enough. I think, we have <laughs> I think enough. we've had enough. Yeah, we've had enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've had enough people telling us what to do, don't know what they're doing. Yeah. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. Have you ever, as, as, or, as, has it always been this way for the last 40 years? I mean, has our government and our people always told us stuff that was not true? It seems seems new to me. Well, I don't, I don't think to this extent. They've probably told us silly things, but we didn't pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, think we, I think we used our, our minds a little more than we've done in the last few years. But I, I think we're waking up. Yeah, I read a, I read an article. Um, said, "Stop disrespecting your parents. They grew up without Google. They know more than you do." Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't. My my wife had some some access to internet. Now I didn't. I, yeah. uh, the only internet that was available to yeah. the end of my high school was Prodigy. I don't right. know if you can remember I, yeah, the remember beginning Prodigy. of Prodigy. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't worldwide right. internet like we, we believe it is today. So I grew up without internet of any kind. We had encyclopedias, yes. which people probably don't know what those. Oh, no. I, one of my biggest spankings came from cutting up my mom's encyclopedia. <laughs> I needed some pictures of castles. Somebody wasn't helping me get to the library to make some copies of pictures of castles. So the night before I had to turn it in, I yeah. cut out pictures of castles out of the encyclopedia. Did you make a good grade on your paper? I didn't fail. I don't remember, uh, you know, when you do things last minute yeah, without right. help. Right. Um, you right. know, I, I, I got by. That was kind of my, my theme in school. I, I knew I wasn't going to get help from anybody. So I was trying to get through it at, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old on your own. So. But that was a very innovative thing for you to do. Well, I thought that it was, was but that mom was didn't a, feel that way. My stepdad of, certainly didn't feel that way. That was <laughs> a forerunner of your success for later in life. Uh, yeah, just uh, do, do what, you, what can. you have to do. Do what you have to do in the last <laughs> minute. <laughs> yeah, you should have, you should have Gosh, gotten rewarded so by your parents for that. No, I didn't get rewarded of any kind. <laughs> <laughs> no. But it was, you know, it was, you know, I was always the. Uh, the last minute person, and it's so different now. I hated to read, and I hated being prepared for anything growing up. And today, it drives me crazy when I'm not prepared or uh-huh. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's like you said in the beginning. If I need to be able to see it, um, whatever it is, uh-huh. whether going out to eat or going to the grocery store, uh-huh. I don't need your list per se. Even though I have ADD, I sometimes have to uh-huh. call back. I need to be able to see it. Show me your list on the grocery, on the refrigerator. Yeah. And I can see it and I can go get you all the groceries because right. I'm going to read it real quick and right. I can see on orange in my head. And so when I'm at the uh-huh. grocery store, the orange will disappear once I pick the oranges and put them in the basket. And so it won't be in my And then next thing list. on the yes, list yeah. comes up. Uh-huh. Then the lemons come up. And yeah. The and, it, and it's kind of, I yeah, can see it cool. in order as I go through uh-huh. the uh-huh. the grocery store. But you give me your list, I'm going to read the first two things on the list, I'm going to get those things, and I'm going to have to go back to the produce section because you've got lines down here on the bottom. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I wasn't reading that list to put it in my brain. I was reading the list because I had the list so I could refer back to it. So 
then I'd never put it in my brain. So it, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it doesn't register the same way to me. Like I'll, I'll end, if you give me a list, I'll end up going back and forth through the grocery store four or five times. So how do you use that ability that your brain has to organize like that? How do you use that in your business? Well, I can see the steps that it takes to get things to closing. Uh, I can also see the failures of the things that okay. can get to closing. I can also see the things that are missed that we need to get to get to closing. And so I can see it as an instance of something pops up, like maybe we have a down payment issue. Well, I can start to see the down payment things that we can use to fix the down payment issue or the other avenues we can go right. down. I can see the things that I need to start getting immediately to start trying to overcome whatever that issue is. Um, so you can see some of the problems that can come up. You can see some of the things that are missing, just like you can see the things that are there. Yes, I would tell you that that when I do do teaching uh-huh. uh, to, to new employees and stuff, I, I spend a lot of time talking to them, teaching them how to see past the, the simple part of the uh-huh. deal, that the... Uh-huh. The, the 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 ability to make a lot of money in real estate is your ability to actually close deals, uh-huh. not to write them up. Right. right. Lots of people want the glory of writing right. them up. I wrote up a $5 million deal, but did you close a $5 million right. deal? I didn't see that on any of your accolades that uh-huh. you closed a $5 million deal because that $5 million deal has 100 problems has yeah. 100 additional steps that you take um, a lot of people in my industry want to just put things on overdrive so and so is supposed to do their job well mm-hmm. no i know in past experiences that they don't do y and that they won't be on a timely manner for x and so if i want to get to and have my clients people people in the deal appreciate me i get ahead of those things by by making the title company get me the the document done uh-huh. tomorrow uh-huh. instead of waiting till right. the day before closing or you know maybe we get out the numbers the week before there's no reason to wait till the third day before you start sending out numbers I'd rather there be a problem we have four or five extra days to work on so I'm constantly mm-hmm. trying to get as much done on a deal as fast as I can so that the objections come up today rather than the next week and so that gets me that gives me a 10 to 20 percent advantage over the other general real estate agents that are out there as far as it gets to closing deals and that 20 percent is a difference in 500 to a million dollars in commissions there's a book called the zurich axioms and the person who wrote it also wrote the luck factor and in the luck factor he says this one of the secrets to success is being a pessimist, finding where it can go wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you're talking about. And I love life, and I'm an mm-hmm. optimist. People that meet me would tell mm-hmm. you I'm an optimist. But when but it in comes business, to I see you have to all see of the it. Problems. Yeah, I want yeah. to see the because the problems are where the objections uh-huh. are. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And you don't close deals unless you solve all right. the problems. Right. And so, um, and, and like you know about me, and we've talked about that, uh, I don't. We don't bottle things up in uh-huh. Jeffrey's life. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to deal with it now. I want to 
Get right. over it now. Right, right. Um, and it's the the simple. I want to be happy. Yeah. And yeah. and and it goes back to business too. If the problems are solved, mm-hmm. and I think we're we're on mm-hmm. the path to closing, I'm happy. Right, right. But if they're not solved, we better talk about them. We better find out where they are. And it's the same thing if I'm working with couples in a relationship. If we're not talking about the problems, we're going to have a have an issue later. Yeah. We've got to deal with where the problems are so we can go forward. And a lot of people don't want to do that. They just want to avoid it. And that does not bring success. Yeah, but they, they you know, just in business, I can see it. And lots of my personal life, past marriages, mm-hmm. seeing the problem, seeing the, it's, it's, it's a different experience. And so how do you... If you got to talk about the problems to solve the problems, how do you? I would say lots of relationships don't know what you have the to problems identify. Are. What is the problem? What is the problem? Sometimes you don't even know. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know what is the goal? Where are we going? What is the goal for a healthy relationship? So if I know what the goal is, then I know where the problems are. And a lot of people really don't aren't very goal oriented with their with their relationships. They see somebody, they have an attraction, they connect, they get together, but they really haven't had an idea of where are we going? What does this relationship look like? What what is this what is the end point of this relationship? Are there are there specific endpoints that mm-hmm. should be recognized, such as? Well, it's different for every person. You know, every relationship is different. What what does my relationship with you look like? If we're going to be in a in a committed relationship, you know, what do we want it to look like? And I think a lot of times people just say, "Well, I guess I'll know it when I find it." You know, if you're looking for a house or you're looking for a piece of property, you kind of have to know what you're looking for, or you don't know how to find it. Yeah, you don't know where you don't know yeah. where to start looking. Do you want a three bedroom house or a ten bedroom house? You better know the mm-hmm. difference, or you won't know what to look for. So I think having a good relationship is no different than finding a piece of property. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all take time and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. detail and, and intention. Intention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. got to be intentional about uh-huh. buying land. Uh-huh. And there's guess no what? more of it. You might find a house that is. Absolutely fabulous. But when you have the inspection done, it, it turns out it has a foundation problem. So you don't buy that house. You might fall in love with the most amazing person on earth. But during you find the, out she has a foundation you problem. You might find out she has a foundation problem. <laughs> <laughs> and Acme can't fix that. that yeah, <laughs> it, it might be a fun dating thing, but it's going to be a disastrous marriage. <laughs> Do do opposites attract? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, do they? Uh-huh. Because we need our opposite. If there was two of us, just alike, one of us wouldn't be necessary. So is that the secret sauce to relationships? Go find someone that's not you. Find, find somebody that's not you. Your brain is going to do that for you. It, it always attracts to somebody who's not like you, and then you have to spend the rest of your life trying to figure out how to live with that person. Does <laughs> <laughs> she do more things like me? <laughs> she would think like me. Right, right. I yeah. don't know. I think in my relationships, uh, we're certainly, we have some very polar opposite mm. things about us. Mm-hmm. But we have some very 
similar things uh, about us. And yeah. we definitely have the same, I don't know if I could tell you what the end spot was, which I listened to you kind of concerned, but we both have the same drive for something greater than what we had. Right. Right. Um, we both have the same drive for for how we want greatness for our kids. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's not just wanting uh -huh. it. We know that the, the effort and the time and the sacrifices and things uh -huh. that it's going to take to to get there. Uh, you have similar values also. Yes. That's a really important piece. But I think that was, you know, I dated with a purpose. I, mm -hmm. I couldn't date you if you didn't have... Right. My values. I wasn't even right. going to hold your hand if you didn't have the same exactly. values that I had. I just wasn't. I could. I wasn't just out there dating to be dating. My dating right. life was always very different. Well, I think the dating life has to be intentional, and I think a lot of times it's not. Mm -hmm. There's a lot. I mean, I you know, Facebook shows you there's a lot mm -hmm. of single people out there mm -hmm. that have been single for years, like. I don't. I don't know. I. I don't know what the. What I don't know what the hell I'd do if I was single for years. That would have been. That right. would be so weird. Right. But. You know. I don't think you can be happy by yourself. Uh, I think. I think the greatest. I think you can be happy by. I think the greatest happiness in life comes from doing it with other people. It, it is. It is a wonderful thing when you have a relationship that is a good relationship. Yeah. And if you don't have a relationship that's a good relationship, it's pretty horrible. Yeah. I see some people in some pretty mm -hmm. terrible relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why stay? I've just, maybe that was part of my issue with not being married to other times. But, you know, if it's bad, why stay? Why well, do I, so many relationships stay in bad I, marriages? I, I think possibly because of children. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a difficult thing. When you have children, when you haven't chosen properly at the beginning— and you have children, it's it's a difficult decision mm. to leave for multiple reasons. I heard the other day that 40% of all children are being born out of redlock. Um, they were talking about the number of, of, of single moms, mm -hmm. and they were talking about <coughs> all the the children today being born without families. They were right. they were critiquing uh, right. Virswami, the presidential candidate, because he mm -hmm. talked about family in one of his speeches right. the other day, and that you know there's way too many single moms mm -hmm. and fam dads not involved in their kids' mm -hmm. lives. And, right. And then they were talking about how what an epidemic in America, and it was like. So it was, and some ethnicities, it was as high as seventy percent. Right. I, and the I, rest of the world, it was like under twenty percent. I, I think that's a, a tragedy. It's, yeah. it's a tragedy on so many levels. You know, choosing to be in a healthy relationship prior to getting pregnant just seems like a no-brainer. It just appears to be a no-brainer, but I don't know what to say. I think there's lots of people that don't respect what a child means and how much work and uh, effort and time and how it's right. going to change every aspect of your life. Um, right. I don't think they get it. I mean, I had an ex-employee talking about his kid that would be here in seven months and 
He was like, yeah, I'll change a few diapers. Like, he blew it off talking to me like, oh, I'm going to change a few diapers. And I'm thinking, you don't even have the diapers. Like, right. we, 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 right. we, we found out we were pregnant, and we know how expensive diapers were. So mm-hmm. every time we went to the grocery store, uh-huh. we bought diapers. Yeah. And so when when little Bryce was born, we literally had floor to ceiling. Right. Stacks of diapers. I think we went six, seven, eight months, maybe nine months. Yeah. Without having to buy diapers. Because you'd already done that. Yeah, because they're that expensive. I mean, if, if they're $50 a box for diapers today. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and that's that's for my that's for my two-year-old who's almost diaper changed. But, you know, they're, the, the, the diaper companies definitely have a secret sauce because right. Right. when they're young, you change more diapers. But they give you boxes with less diapers in them. For the same price. Mm-hmm. And then when the kids are older, you get boxes with 120 diapers in them for the same price that the infant diapers that are got to be like a quarter of the material right. are still $50. So right. it's kind of like hot dogs and hot hot dog buns, you know. Right. They had to get together way back when and say, okay, you get eight and you get 12. Right. <laughs> right. And just can never match. But, you know, I, uh, I'm excited about the, the sports season because, like what we talked about, I enjoy the competition of yeah. seeing people go out there. I like the drama as long right. as it's not in my life. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm an, I enjoy football season and the, 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 the college part of it as well as the professional mm-hmm. part of it. And, and like you said, it's, um, you know, it's the... It's the as a businessman, you'd never think watching a football game would teach you something about business. Oh, but it does. But 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 it does. It and does. seeing the drive and seeing oh, yeah. the 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 adaption. You know, I always tell people the reason why I've been successful in markets that have gone to the roof and to to rock bottom, I've stayed consistent is because I had the ability to adapt and to change. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. have to be this person for forever, ever, uh-huh. amen. I knew uh-huh. that wasn't going to work. And uh-huh. so when the market changed or things went up or down, we changed too. Right. Right. And when COVID hit, I went from being a, mm-hmm. a landman, home sales, home builder guy to we were selling dirt, uh-huh. dirt. Uh-huh. Who thought you could sell uh-huh. dirt to people? But it was, you know, my... Secret sauce in life is is being able to to change and to adapt and, to and being ready for it and to be able to adapt on a dime. Yeah, that's no. the problem with adapting. If you adapt six months too late, two weeks too late, mm-hmm. you may have just ruined everything. Right. Right. And so, you, even if you're going to fail at adapting, you better mm-hmm. start trying because uh-huh. if, if if everybody's going to fail a couple of times, and you're one ahead, one ahead of them already, right. That's, you know, like we were talking earlier about with deals. I want to know where my problems are in a deal. I don't want them to be brought to me. I want to go to them. What's the hardest deal you ever did? Oh, It's probably one I I talk about a lot, you know, slamming my hand on the desk and the two Hispanic clients that were... uh, in front of me that, you know, I was 17, 18 year old kid that looked like he was 15. And I was having to, 
to learn to listen to someone else tell you how to talk to people. I'd never had anybody load my lips before. Um, I certainly was not expecting their reaction, and I wasn't expecting my ability to control the reaction, um, having to be so poised in that whole moment of just absolute fear. I mean, I was 17, 18 years old. I'd never yelled at someone that wasn't, you know, probably mm-hmm. someone I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, it was a lot. Seeing my boss come around the corner thinking I'm about to get fired to the customer buying two cars from me uh, that day. Yeah, that day. Uh, that day. Yeah. And so it was, uh, it's definitely one of the deals I'll, I'll never forget. I'm... And that's probably more that I'll never forget. I don't see deals as hard, even the ones that blow up and failed. Um, I'm not disappointed in it Mm -hmm. um, because I know I've got to have a bunch of failures to Uh have a bunch of successes. Uh Uh And so if it failed, that just means I'm one closer to success because I had to get that one to fail to get the one to be a success because it's a a numbers game. The more you do, the more you do, the more you get, the more you do, the more you get. And so... um, Failure of deals and failures of things was never a, uh, a mm-hmm. it, it just didn't scare me like it did mm-hmm. most people. Because mm-hmm. to me, I would just, I always knew, I could always see it. If I failed, mm-hmm. I was just, I was that much closer to, to winning. I heard once in a, in a talk about selling, if you have seven no's, the next one is going to be a yes. I don't know if there's a number you can put on it, but yeah. but but hearing the nose, I think the gist of the conversation there, or the 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 saying is that you've got to hear them, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and a uh-huh. lot of people don't ask the questions to right. hear them right. say no to, right? Um, because there are objections that you're not getting out of them, so you didn't get to, uh-huh. you know, had you do you really like the white car, or were you really hoping for a black car? Well, I was really hoping for a, no, I don't like the white car. I really want a black car. Uh-huh. Red's my favorite color. But if you'd have never asked and got the no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have found out yeah. about red being their favorite color. Right. And right. so, um, I do think there's a there's a number there of no's that you have mm-hmm. to hear to get a yes in every sale. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if there's a what number you put on. And I've maybe, had people tell me no for months. That maybe it's my just granddad gathering the information that gives you the way to find out uh-huh. red is the favorite color. My granddad. You asked me the hardest sale. Yeah, it was my granddad. Okay, Big Daddy shopped for four years while I was at the Saturn dealership for cars. Oh. And he didn't buy one until I was almost out of the car wow. business in wow. Atlanta, Texas. Wow! And so he was—I would say—he was my my hardest sell, <laughs> big daddy. And then he paid for it with his credit card, which we had never had anybody in the dealership pay oh, twenty something thousand dollars with his credit card. But he wanted the miles. Right. Oh. <laughs> didn't travel, but sure did want those miles. <laughs> so. But Lynn, thank you for your time today. Uh, it's been great seeing you and, and and hearing so many great things and some secret sauces yeah. along the way. Thank uh, you. I look it's forward been, to been being fun. here with you in a couple of days. Yeah. And I think uh, next week we're going to have a very special lady oh, um, come. She owns a, a, a local taco uh, restaurant. Oh. Um, but she has an amazing... Uh, God-loving story that got her to where she is. And I I think um, she's an amazing businesswoman. 
Um, she cares about our community, and she's a great mom. So I think she's going to be a lot of fun to listen to. Oh, that'll be great. So we'll see you. Okay. We'll see you on Friday. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Secret Sauce Podcast. Follow us on social media at the Secret Sauce Pod to receive daily encouragement on how to find your secret sauce to life.